being out and traveling through new places, not big motor homes, quite compact and small, but modern, very funky, and we both absolutely love it. She's called Lola, which stands for, it's an acronym for Luxury Outdoor Lifestyle Adventures. So we named her over a glass of wine one night, just after we'd done the deal. I listened to lots of Jim Rohn. I turned my car into a classroom. It's a big tip I'd give anybody. Don't listen to the radio or stuff like that when you're in the car traveling around for work. Turn into a classroom, listen to inspiration, maybe autobiographies, some of them inspire you. Then on the second recession, I'd built my SBI that you said there, it's my kitchen business, and I've got 20 guys working for me, and the second recession completely wiped that business out. Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. The biggest inspiration, uh, this may sound a little soppy, my biggest inspirations are my wife and my girls and my family. I'm very lucky that the kids will take the piss out of me as well, my daughters. They just did an absolutely great wind-up on me. The inspiration started, I remember, with my dad because we both had lost the home. I stayed with a friend for a little while and then ended up living in a caravan. And I met my dad and I remember him saying to me, Steve, he said, I've got my health. They can't take that away from me. All we can do is go from up from here. And today's guest is Stephen Backerhall, who has made the journey from tradesman to business owner to serviced apartment operator, bringing new life into old commercial buildings. Hi, Stephen. How's your day been? And do you mind me asking where you're calling from? Yeah, of course. The day has been a bit manic today, Friday. Normally, I try and keep the afternoons free, but this morning went over a little bit, as we discussed earlier. But yes, I've had a good day. Thank you. Really good. And I live in Stone in Staffordshire. Cool. Thanks. Right. The opening question I like to ask. Can you tell me about something that you're both good at and you just love doing that kind of drips out of you, a passion? One of the, well, the first thing that came to mind there is actually laughing. Now, that might sound a little odd, but I've always enjoyed having a good belly laugh. I've always enjoyed making people laugh as well. I was very lucky that I came from an entertaining family. My dad had a great sense of humour. My mum had a good sense of humour. And then my siblings all did as well. And they used to take the wet a lot. I was the youngest of four. So there was a lot of ribbon in my youth. And, do you know, I remember growing up absolutely loving it. So, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind, actually. What do I love? Laughing with people and making people laugh. That's, I can't think of anything better than that. That's great. Right. I've done a little bit of research. I know that I think for quite a large part of your life, you were a great kitchen fitter, uh, doing all different aspects of kitchen fitting under your uh, Steve Barker installation company. And then more recently, you've got into developing bigger projects and, and you've got your great block of service departments now, Smithfield Service Departments. So what's inspired you to make the change from kitchen fitter into service accommodation and property developer? Inspired me to change. I think if you just quickly go through the different changes there, I was a tradesman, so I was very lucky that I enjoyed my job. Um, I actually started off just as a labourer. Um, the story before that, but I won't go into that, but I started off labouring on building sites because an earlier career went wrong. But I soon got on to uh, work with a group of joiners, carpenters, and got a, did an on-site apprenticeship as such. And I was very lucky I enjoyed my job. But after working on building sites, I worked on some new build houses from the ground right the way up, did the shuttering on the ground floor and worked the way right up to the roof. And then when it came to do the inside, the site manager said, do you want to work with the kitchen fitter to help him out? And it was lovely and warm inside. It was just, you know, it was in the winter. And he inspired me because he said to me, uh, 
you know, you're going to have a long career with this. So you really want to be doing something you enjoy more and it's not quite so harsh on the body. So he inspired me to get, after I worked with him, I really enjoyed it. So I worked on kitchens for a while and I just wanted to be, I was very lucky, I just wanted to be the best I could be at it. So I then went on to work for a high-end kitchen company doing really nice kitchens. And then I was inspired. This is lucky, maybe. I've been through a couple of recessions and the first time I lost my job, I ended up working in Germany because there was just no work on the trades over here whatsoever. And I hadn't had much experience then. Then on the second recession, I'd built my SBI that you said there. It's my kitchen business. And I'd got 20 guys working for me. And the second recession completely wiped that business out. So that then inspired me to build a business that was recession-proof. And that's why I got into property. I really wanted a business that would handle the downturns of economies. And after doing lots of research and working for property investors as well for quite a few years, I could see, I thought for me, and the knowledge I had, that was the best way forward. So that whole thing, the whole scenario and the work on and off, that inspired me to get into property. And that inspired me then to get to student accommodation. And then I worked my way through, and you mentioned there, what inspired me to then do bigger projects and my apart hotel that you mentioned. That was then, I wanted to not have all my eggs in one basket. One of the things I realised in the, the second recession, the last one on the downturn, when I lost my kitchen fitting business, we went from doing 10, 15 kitchens a week to nothing overnight. The, my main contract went bump. I didn't want all my eggs in one basket, and I did then. So with property, I'd got an, a good established base with my student HMOs. So I wanted something completely different, still in property, and I knew that the SA serviced accommodation industry was growing and I wanted to do something different that nobody else was doing. So I, I developed my apart hotel. Brilliant. Thanks for that. And so managing a group of 20 people, that sounds like a big thing. Can you can tell us anything, you know, maybe there were some ups and downs or inspiring bits of that? Yeah. Well, it started again that when we spoke about this. The inspiration to start that business came from a net, strangely, an experience with a network marketing company. So I'd been on the tools for a long time. Um, I'd then been doing kitchen. I enjoyed it, but my body was starting to get tired. And I was looking for something a bit different, and I joined a network marketing company. Now, I wasn't overly good at that, actually. I wasn't good at selling, and I know they say it's not selling, but a lot of it is. But one of the trainers, I remember them saying that, find out what you're really good at. You're naturally good at something. Dig deep and find out what it is, and then just work on it. And I was actually really good at a trade. I was good at that. And I was pretty good at at working with people and guys in the trade. So it gave me then the idea to set up my own contracting business. So actually being in that network marketing company and seeing people achieve lifestyles from nothing, you know, I saw some people that were absolutely broke build these businesses. And that inspired me to do the kitchen business. And then when I was working with the guys, I found I loved it. I took an apprentice on at first trained him, then took another couple of team members on and helped them become better. And then another couple of people, then it got to the point where I couldn't be on site anymore. So I was just in the office, then I got another couple of guys, then I got office staff to build it up. And I really enjoyed the the day-to-day, the um, building a business. It inspired me to just build a big, a big business. It was good fun. That sounds great if you enjoy like build all the aspects of building that business. And then within the property development space i'm guessing because i'm having a little go at that and it's not super easy really you've obviously achieved quite a bit in that space any besides get not having all your eggs in one basket and like a security is there any way how you inspired yourself to you know go beyond the smaller properties into the bigger ones or even that commercial one that's maybe more risky 
partly inspiration and partly knowledge. One of the big things I took from the networking and then onwards is, I suppose, self-development. I learned a lot about working on myself. And from working on myself, that then put me in touch with other people that were doing maybe the things that I wanted to do. And I can see that they'd moved forward and built businesses. So I started listening to a lot of inspirational books and inspirational things like that. So a couple of the obvious ones, uh, I remember somebody uh, said to me, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, it's quite well known now. I'm, I read that many, many years ago. I'm very lucky that I was recommended it early because that started me on the learning how to invest in assets, which is what made me want to buy property, um, which was a brilliant book. So that inspired me. But that led me on to other things. Uh, I think people like Jim Rohn. Now, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but Jim Rohn's, I listened to lots of Jim Rohn. I turned my car into a classroom. It's a big tip I'd give anybody. Don't listen to the radio or stuff like that when you're in the car traveling around for work. Turn into a classroom, listen to inspiration, maybe autobiographies, some of them inspire you. I think, yeah, books like that you know, really then helped me grow my goals, I suppose. People that had made something from nothing. Yeah, okay, no, so there were some inspirational people there. So Jim Rohn's an obvious one there, either within that space or just in life general, family or people you've met. Is there anybody that springs to mind that's been a real inspiration individually? Lots of people, loads of people spring to mind. I've been playing this game now for over 30 years. It is a game of life and the game of property, and I've been playing it for many years now. The biggest inspiration, uh, this may sound a little soppy, my biggest inspirations are my wife and my girls and my family. When my wife and I met many, many years ago, uh, my wife was living in the back of a car and I was living in a caravan because um, the house that I was living in uh, with my parents got uh, repossessed. Um, it's a long story, but my dad got ripped off and um, ended up, after a period of time, lost the house. The inspiration started, I remember, with my dad because... We both had lost the home. I stayed with a friend for a little while and then ended up living in a caravan. And I met my dad for a drink. And I remember him saying to me, Steve, he said, I've got my health. They can't take that away from me. All we can do is go from up from here. And, you know, he'd built the business and then built his house and he'd lost a lot. And he was still positive about it. And I still remember that. I still remember sitting in that pub and tell you that I could tell you the name of the pub. I remember having the pint and that inspired me. And then meeting my wife and, and the journey we've been on. And now my girls, they inspire me today. They've both got their own families now in the 30s. They've both got their kids, so we've got grandkids now. And seeing how they've developed over the years and their senses of humour, they inspire me and seeing what they're doing and, you know, enjoying life and their positive attitudes that I feel my wife and I have managed to pass on to them. That inspires me all the time when we have family events, all the time, seeing how well they're doing and how they're enjoying life. That really floats my boat. Yeah, no, thanks for that. Don't worry, I've made notes of today's top 10 hits of inspiration. Hang on to the end to hear the summary. Can you think of a time when you had a challenge or you maybe were at a, a low ebb that you managed to either inspire yourself out or something that drove you out? I think that goes back to what maybe I just touched on. Yeah, just quickly go back to what I said there about my dad. I had nothing there. I was living in a caravan. I had absolutely nothing. And, and I was inspired to go and be more. And the networking, actually, that, that was a, an inspiration. So I can, I can actually look back on little steps. Jim Rohn did one of his books. We mentioned him earlier. He's done a series or a book that's called The Day That Turns Your Life Around. Okay. Now, if anybody listens or has listened to that, he talks about the one thing that can happen. 
for me, it wasn't one thing. It was lots of little steps, I think, looking back. The thing with my dad, meeting the wife. The recessions, you know, when I lost it all, and that inspired me to do something bigger and better and different. I think it's them little steps. It's taking, instead of letting the, what sometimes term as the ship bombs, the life goes wrong all the time. Instead of really letting it get to you, have a little bit of a downer, have a drink, but then use it to find another way or another way forward, I think. So it's, it's steps for me. It's just the experience of life and, and then moving yeah, on. Yeah, like my baby steps. Yeah, that's a good one because, yeah, I often try and take two bigger steps. So, yeah, just looking at the breaking it down a bit. Yeah. And that's great. So, yeah, so if someone's a bit low on inspiration and maybe a low themselves, I'm guessing, yeah, that's the key thing we're saying there is, yeah, look at taking baby steps and just look for a different way. Here's the key, I think, here's the lessons, some of the lessons I've learned from that. You said, you know, somebody's maybe on a low ebb. Everybody that I know has low ebbs. Everybody. That's life. Not many of us are born with a silver spoon. And I think we're all very lucky that we have the opportunity to generally build your own path. So some of the things, the tips I would say there is let less of the the downs in, let less of, let less of the crap in. So one of the big things I'd say is don't listen to the news. You know, maybe if you need a little hit of it, yes, but the news is generally a downer. Downer news sells programs, sells papers. Don't listen to it. Don't read it. Do more of the positive stuff. And the other big tip I'd say is don't watch bloody soap operas. They've, you know, I know people say, well, they're entertaining. Well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Can't be doing with these negative stories. I'd say for me, listen to positive books listen to inspirational books I, I said to you before I turned the, the car into a classroom I now love to walk walk a lot I do you know this thing about 10,000 steps I do steps every day I'm currently on a step challenge actually well, I my... saw that on your Facebook can you tell us a bit more about that is it, is it, it says it's a hundred thousand no a hundred million step challenge yeah yeah it's brilliant so one of the tips I would say is actually is your communities I'm in a brilliant community now called property entrepreneur something that was set up by Dan Hill Property entrepreneur is an ongoing thing, you know. It teaches people about business and about growing your business out of property, but also about health. One of the key things, he says, is you've got to be healthy to be wealthy. And so we have challenges every year. And this year, it's a 100 million step challenge between the group for Get Up and Give Back, which we're raising £100,000 for uh, buses for the homeless. So we want to raise enough money to set up one of these centres to help. And then each of us have personally got a challenge to walk a certain amount of steps and raise a certain amount of money. So it's a million steps each at the moment, of which um, we've got 10 to 12 weeks, 12 weeks at the max. Some people are aiming to do that in 10, which equates at the basic to about 12,000 steps a day. So making sure you're beating that every day and building it up. So, uh, yeah, these are great challenges. They do two things. They up your spirit, but they also get you fitter as well and get you out in nature. And that really works for me because then I, when I'm out walking, I'm listening to audiobooks. or the other great thing that I listen to a lot of now is things like this, podcasts. I absolutely love podcasts because there's some great ones out there. You know, well, I've got a load. I'd have to look them up. Right, Chris Evans does a great one. You know, Chris Evans of Virgin Radio? Yes. I like that guy. I know he's, some people love him, super baby. I like him. He does a lot of positive stuff on his radio show from half six in the morning till 10. He recommends other great podcasters like Rich Roll. Rich Roll does some brilliant stuff. Uh, that's led me on to one called The Knowledge Project. That's absolutely fascinating as well. And a lot of these are, you know, they're not self-help, but they have inspirational guests on. And so if you're looking for inspiration, 
listen to them sort of things as well. It's brilliant. Never listen to the, you know, the only radio I listen to is Chris Evans' show, actually, first thing in the morning. The rest, it's either podcasts or books. No, oh, that's great. So Smithfield Apartments, which is, yeah, I think you're very proud of, and it? it looks great. I was looking at the website this morning. Is there anything else you can tell us a bit more about that journey? Yeah, it was quite a journey as well, yeah. So I think like a lot of, in your career, you've got to challenge yourself, haven't you? And I've always pushed myself, I suppose, through the different sides, from the different step-ups, from being a tradesman to a business owner, etc., and then starting on the property investment. And your very first house is the hardest one you'll ever buy, very first investment property, and you'll make mistakes. So challenging yourself and doing it better and specialised in student accommodation and then making sure each one was better and you're looking after them the best you can do. I think I needed a bigger challenge, which is why I went for the conversion of a, an old uh, pub hotel into an apartment block. Um, yeah, there was lots of challenges. There always is when you take these sort of things on. Costs, you know, it doesn't matter how well you cost things, there's always hidden items that come up. So through the project was a challenge. Like a lot of things, we ran out of money at the end, so I ended up doing a bit of work on itself. You know, there's a good and bad about being a tradesperson. You sort of say, oh, I'll do a little bit myself, though. I know you shouldn't, but so I got involved with it at the end, the fit-out sort of thing at the end. Yes. There's always challenges when you're doing conversions. The thing to do is have a good attitude and know that you can get through and build a good team around yourself. I was very lucky that a good architect, Tom, was brilliant, and we got a good contractor in, though we had one or two issues, although, you know, generally it was brilliant. And then... Building it into a business has been a challenge because I didn't want to do what most people did before. I didn't just want to do an apartment block. I wanted to turn it into a business. So I turned it into a serviced accommodation, a part hotel. I'd never done that before. So I got some advice, but unfortunately, I was let down by the guy that was supposed to help me run it and to do the bookings, completely let me down. So I ended up having to take all that in-house and I had to learn about how to do all the online management and bookings and looking after guests in that way. So that was, yeah, that was a massive challenge. But we've got through all of that. It was brilliant. And the family, again, helped me with that. My daughter, my youngest daughter, works in the business now, and she's absolutely brilliant as our guest relations manager. And you learn as you go on, I think, with property, with guests, with tenants, with all these things. I don't know whether there's any replacement for just getting stuck into whatever job you're doing or whatever business you're doing. You've sometimes just got to jump in and do it and learn as you go on. You can do as many courses as you want, but until you actually get in there and start running them, um, you don't know. So it's been a brilliant journey. And I have to say now it's brilliant. We're established now. We're the best in the area. People come back to us year after year. It's just, it's great fun now. Yeah, they look great on, on the photos. They, I like your different colours and styles of, of each, each of yes. the apartments. Yeah, that's great. One of the key things I've learned now, just to finish that, is to anybody that's listened to this to do with property, is you must be, be able to adapt. You know, we've just been through a strange time here in the UK and maybe across the world, the so-called pandemic. It's made us all look at our businesses and we've had to change and adapt. And I think that's a great lesson for anybody going forward with any business job. Be prepared to adapt and change with what's going on. Yeah. So for people to be able to transfer their bank of inspiration into practical action, you're saying they definitely get stuck in, don't just keep doing courses and be adaptable. Anything else you'd add? In yeah. Terms of actually- Do you know, one of the key things I put down to my continuing success is sharp, one they call sharpening the sword. And I think that was a Jim Rohn one as well, sharpening the sword. And there are a lot of people using it. By that, it's quite a well-known saying, but you're never the finished article. You know, I spent thousands on my education. I left school without 
a great education. I was a bit of a rebel at the end, so I left school early. Didn't get any qualifications, academic qualifications, even though I did well through school at the end. I sort of fell apart at the end. Just that rebel streak came out. So I realised I needed to educate myself afterwards. So I spent money on my own education. You know, I did, uh, you may have heard of Simon Zucci's property mastermind programme. I did that to educate myself in, in you property. You had him on here. <laughs> we, we had him on here on the podcast. So. Oh, right. Great. Great. Yes. Looking forward to listening to that. Um, so he, uh, you know, inspired me again, another self-made guy and inspired me to do a little bit more in property. And then that led on to other people in property that inspired me with their journeys, which led me on to property entrepreneur and Dan Hill. You know, that guy inspires me as well and, and his team. So sharpening the sword is keeping in touch. You know, you don't ever think that you've done a course and it's over as well. I don't mean you've got to keep going on course after course after course, but I mean, keep bettering yourself, keep listening to books and you know reading books and moving forward because it's easy to become stale and you know and the, there's one thing for sure the planet constantly changes so i would say my biggest tip there is sharpen the soul keep in touch you know you, we're all a work in progress aren't we yeah and well one that i don't quite live but on a tony robbins event he, he was saying you know even do that so many minutes a day of self-development reading, you know, even if it means skipping a meal. So, well, I'm not, that's a bit extreme. I'm not saying do that, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same kind of thing as what you're saying there. So yeah, keep developing. Definitely. Oh, uh, I'm very lucky. I've been on his uh, Unleash the Power. Oh, yeah, yeah. UPW, yeah, I did that many, many years ago. I did that actually through the network marketing company. And uh, he was in the UK, so I think that was back in around 2000. Okay. Wow. He came and we went to, I think it was the Excel in London, I believe. I think it was there. Yes, it was, because we had to go and do the fire walking in the car park where they get all the fire going and the red ambers and you take your shoes off and you, you're marching on the spot saying, cool moss, cool moss, cool moss, and, and putting you into this state. He's very good at them sort of things. So he's, he's very right there. He's on the ball, obviously. That guy knows what he's doing. You do need to keep on a regular basis, if not every day, like he says, every week. You've got to be touching base with them sort of things. And it can be as simple as an audio book or another podcast. Yeah. Now, in order to keep some kind of balance or groundedness for people who get super inspired, any tips on that? <laughs> yeah. It's quite easy when you become successful to let your ego run away with yourself. And I've been guilty of that as well. When I've had certain success, you know, built up from nothing to be quite, you know, fairly successful. Yeah. And your ego can run away with you at times. And what you need around you, my belief is you need a good family. You need good old friends that are prepared to bring you down a peg or two. And that's helped me in the past. My mates from when we were teenagers, they've got some of them now. Unfortunately, some of them are past now, some of my best friends, but they are brilliant at bringing you back down to earth. You know, taking the piss out of you when you're all out having a drink, when you think, you know, something like that is really good. And I read a book that, helped me a while ago and I've read it every year since and it's called The Millionaire Next Door and that is a great book it's an audio book and that uh, actually it's recommended on on the PE course as well I'd read it before that but I read it every year now I listen to it every year because it talks about the American self-made millionaires and it teaches you not to let ego get in your way and when you're doing well don't go buying the big five bed six bedroom house in the in the area where the affluent area where you can't really afford to live, it keeps you about, it teaches you, talks to you about keeping your feet on the ground yeah. and about investing your money for the future rather than, than wasting. It's something I've always done. You know, I, I look for 
I look for the bargains still now. I got used to it when I had no money, you know, just bought myself a brand new pair of walking boots because of this challenge. And I was looking for a pair and there's a pair of really good Berghaus, but they were last year's. And instead of paying 140 quid, they were 60 pound off, I paid 80. You know, they're the sort of habits of millionaires and they're the sort of habits of wealthy people. So, and I, you know, I went through one of the kitchen business. I thought it was the right thing to do is buy new cars. I don't buy new cars anymore. I buy really good secondhand cars. Yeah. You know, it's these things about then not letting your ego um, get away with yourself. And I think them things keep you grounded. So they're the, my, my main tips, have a good family around you. Tell them, tell your family, hey, if I ever start getting above my station, pull me back down. You know, I'm very lucky that the kids will take the piss out of me as well, my daughters. They just did an absolutely great wind-up on me. Just last week, the week before, I had a gift for my youngest daughter here. And they connived between themselves to one of them snuck into the house and took it out of the house without my knowledge while I was upstairs and I was working. And I didn't realise it had gone. And the next day, I was, I'd was lost my house. I was looking all around the house. You know, this was an expensive house, an iPhone 12 Pro. And I was losing my mind. And they'd done it to wind me up. And these are the sort of things, they, all these sort of things happen. We, we like to take the worst out of each other. That helps me stay grounded. And I love that they do that. And at the time, I started losing my hand. I got a bit angry thinking, how's this gone missing out of the house? Then when I found out, you know, such a relief. And then I laughed. It was brilliant. So having them sort of people around you that keep you grounded are just fantastic. And it helps. No, thanks for that. Just before we get on to the quick fire inspiration I, I couldn't help noticing on your facebook at some point you, you stood outside a small plane small airplane oh. is that about, <laughs> is, is anything that you can tell us about that yeah yeah one of the things we all have these big goals don't we that you'd like to do and i always fancied the idea of <laughs> my own light aircraft so how long ago was it now i think it might have been a couple of years ago um, my wife took me on a, a flying lesson Okay. And we both went. I went up with a pilot. It was like, I can't think of the name of the, the airfield now. It's not far from where I live in Stone, actually, towards Utoxton. So we went in the thing. My wife sat in the back and filmed it. And then on this trial flight, you get to have a go yourself. And I absolutely loved it. So um, I booked myself a course of lessons. And I thought, oh, I really like the idea of this. Buying my own light aircraft. I think it all came to an end on, on the lockdown. We couldn't have any, the business stopped and they can't give lessons. So that's where that came from. Um, whether I revisit that, because then when I looked into the cost of buying a lot of aircraft and looking after one, that may be a few years down the line. But the exhilaration of being up in the air in control of a little light aircraft, a two-seater, four-seater aircraft is just, it's amazing. Yeah, well, the reason I particularly asked is because I've got my first, a similar lesson to, by the sounds of what you went on with your wife, I've booked later this year. Excellent. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks. And now it's time for Quickfire Inspiration. Right. Quickfire Inspiration. Okay. Can you tell us one of your most inspiring films? Oh, I can't do that in one word. There's a few. I'm a, I love movies. I don't watch a lot of junk TV, so I love movies. A couple of the ones. Some of these, some people wouldn't like. Well, anyway, mine. I love something like Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Do you remember that movie? Robin Williams, Matt Damon. Really enjoyed that, and at the same sort of period, uh, Dead Poets Society. I'd like, I like that sort of thing. Look back in it now; they might be a bit old, a bit corny, but them sort of things. I love them sort of movies. And just one recently, I'll give you this other one. This is a relatively new movie, and it was called uh, Captain Fantastic. Okay. And it had Viggo Mortensen. You know that actor. Oh yes. Out of uh, Lord of the Rings. I saw that brilliant movie. Very inspirational. Absolutely love. 
Captain Fantastic. Okay, look that up. And the second one, your most inspiring aspect of nature. The Four Seasons. I'm very lucky that I live in a canal town. I live on the edge of that canal town, so I'm a five-minute walk from the country. I walk every day at least twice a day, as we discussed earlier about the steps, and I've done that for many, many, many years. I love walking through the seasons, so I love it, you know, now in the, or coming to the spring, coming out of winter into a spring. So I love, you know, getting wrapped up and getting warm and getting your woolly hats on and getting your boots on and getting out feeling the cold. But I love then when the spring starts coming around and you feel start to feel the warmth from the sun and you see the new plants and the flowers. And then through the summer where you're just in your shorts and your T-shirts, you know, through the autumn and the winter where you see the colours of the leaves when the trees, I'm so lucky with that sort of side. And then walking through the snow in the brisk. So the seasons absolutely inspire me. I'm very lucky to live in this country. Um, I love them. By the, we have beautiful countryside, I believe, here in the Midlands and in the country. So I love that side. Yeah, thank you. Your most inspiring aspect of design or style? I don't know whether there's one specific design. I, like most property people, I love grand designs. You know, that programme, Kevin McLeod. I love that programme. I like that type of property program there's a, another one that's on recent that's on now is about gardening inspire you about garden them sort of programs have i got a specific style i like barn conversions love that sort of timber building but at the same time i love the idea of a modern new build i love the clean looks and the, the massive windows that they have i was very lucky to one of my wife's dreams was owning a, a turkish holiday home which we did back in 2005 we 2000 and six, seven, we bought it, sold in 2015. And in the ground, it was a place that needed lots of modernization. And then in the grounds at the far end, we knocked a bit of decking down and then built what we call a little apartment underneath the deck, front of the pool. Very modern, massive windows. I absolutely love that. It's nice and simple, but amazing views. So I think if I had to choose now, I would go for modern upside down house. So you've got the views out over the countryside, somewhere looking out over a view, maybe water. That, for me now, is my... It's actually on one of my goal lists, having something like that to move to. Views, oh, love it. Yeah, love it. I love views. I really just... I am addicted to views. Fourth one, one of your most inspiring songs you might put on before you're going out. Oh, love music. Don't listen to... And part of the problem, we listen to lots of audio books. You don't, I don't listen to anywhere near as much music as I used to. I listen to a lot of music now when I'm cooking. I like... Cooking helps me relax. I've had a busy week, so I like to get in the kitchen and I put music on my home pod. I love the Foo Fighters. Learning, actually, we're talking about flying there, learning to fly. Love that song. Loads of the Foo Fighters songs inspire me. I'm an old hippie at heart. I, I was brought up in that era. I was born in the 60s and sort of grew up through the 70s and early 80s. Love that sort of stuff. The other band that I absolutely love is uh, Led Zeppelin. So I would choose songs from them. And if you wanted an off-the-wall choice, I had a bit of a weakness for Frank Zappa. Now, most people won't have heard of him, but he did some... I've heard of him. I can't think of his songs. Yeah, Google him. Some of the stuff was off the wall, but some of it very funny. So funny things like that would inspire me, you know. Uh, so, yeah, my main thing, Foo Fighters, great rock tracks, Led Zeppelin, that sort of stuff inspires me. Yeah, and the last of the quick fire, your most inspiring aspect of travel, either a place or a mode of travel or anything in, in the travel space? Travel. Going and experiencing new places, new countryside. So we were very lucky that last year, unfortunately, because of the current situation, we've not been able to be out in a lot, but we bought one of our dreams. My wife and I purchased our motorhome. Okay. 
just over a year ago, just before the lockdown, actually. We bought it last January, thinking, great, we're going to go and travel a lot. And then we got locked down, I think, and I had to sauna off the road in March. But being out and travelling through new places, it's not a big motorhome, it's quite compact and small, but modern and very funky, and we both absolutely love it. She's called Lola, which stands for, it's an acronym for Luxury Outdoor Lifestyle Adventures. So we named her over a glass of wine one night just after we'd done the deal. That inspires me to jump in that, get away from the house, get away from work, just the two of us going in somewhere we've not been before, maybe staying on a pub stop or a campsite by the sea, open up the back, looking out over the cloud, over the water, going for a walk. That sort of thing now is right up my street. It's my cup of tea, getting out in Lola and enjoying the outdoors. Yeah, no, that's, I want to go as well. <laughs> I think we all do. You've sold me on, on that. Right. One of my biggest learnings from that is keeping in touch with my friends from my teenage years, which I'm to keep my feet on the ground. I'm looking yes. to have them myself. Yeah, that's, well, there's lots of good, great learnings, but yeah, that one chimes with me particularly. So closing questions. Yeah. What is most right in the world? That's a big old question. What's most right in the world? Blimey, I've not been at a loss for words through this interview and I can't. What's most right? Nature. That's just come back to the theme, I suppose. Do you know, that's a really interesting question. Yeah, nature. You know, it doesn't matter what we try to do, nature takes over. You leave a place. I saw a really interesting programme the other day about Chernobyl. Ben Fogel did a programme on Channel 5 just on the other night. And nature had started to take back over where there'd been that disaster. Right. What's most right in the world? I'd say nature. It's just, it's awesome. When you let it do its thing, nature. Power of nature. Thank you for that question. That was really intriguing. And what is... The next book on your reading list? The next book on my reading list? Am I okay to look on my order? Yes. Um, I've got a few saved on what I do when I get a recommend. I'll go to my Audible and add it to my wish list. So I can't think of hand. I'm just re-listening to a few things. So Audible, what's next on the list? So possibly the Wim Hof method. Oh, right. I've been listening to, you know, we all know what that guy does. Yeah. He's well known now, but I've never really followed any of his process. So I've got the Wim Hof method down. I haven't got any other new ones. That actually, I'd have to go onto the internet to look at the other ones on my list. No, that's, that's interesting because I'm big on him at the minute. I've not read his book, but I did a, his first online weekend retreat literally three weeks ago. Right. It was a full weekend with him. And I'd been dabbling for a few months with the cold showers and uh, some of his breathing. But And I wasn't too far off, but to do it with him, I can see what he's trying to get you to, you know, because I, I was going in and out of the cold shower slowly and trying to get myself psyched up. And if I understood him correctly, it's more just that the going in and connecting with that more peaceful state of mind that can just stand there and smile through it. And I said, oh, right. So that me spending 40 seconds going in and out and not really going in isn't really the way. So yeah, I got a lot out of it. So yeah, I think that'll be a good one for you. Thank you. I feel your pain, dude. I've tried. I've seen some videos that it's done. I've tried the shower thing and bloody hell, it takes your breath away. Yeah. Having a warm shower, then whacking it onto cold. I've tried that and it, Jesus, my wife would thought I was having a heart attack the one time. It was that bloody hot. So yeah, I need to read his book to learn how to deal with, deal with that. Right. No, well, thank you. That's been so amazing. I've learned so much. And if people want to get in touch with you, yes. how might they do that? Maybe LinkedIn. Okay, yeah. I'm not a massive, and I keep getting told off for this by my coaches, I must have more of a social media presence. A bit old school, so I forget. So maybe you can find me under my name on... Um, so that's Stephen Barker Hall. 
Steve Barker Hall. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, though I don't look on Facebook as regularly as I should do. Yeah, send me a LinkedIn request. I, I don't get notifications, but I go and have a look. So I forget requests. Either of them, look me up on a social media. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you very much. Enjoyed that. Thanks. That was grateful. Steve's top 10 hits of inspiration. One, get inspired by laughing and making others laugh. Two, get inspired by being the best you can at your trade. Three, get inspired by creating a recession-proof business and not having all your eggs in one basket. Four, get inspired by the enjoyment of working with other people, like having apprentices and training them and then building a bigger team and then a great business around this. Five, get inspired by digging deep on what you're good at. Six, lift yourself with self-development, sharpening your sword, as Steve calls it. For example, books and audiobooks. Turn your car into a classroom. Also, look at autobiographies. Keep moving forward and get inspired by others' bigger goals. 7. Get inspired by your family. It might be something your parents have done. Or seeing your kids develop and grow up. 8. Look at all the little steps of positivity that can build up. And when they're put together, create a tsunami. And then bolt on the learnings from less good things. 9. Cut down on negativity. For example, don't watch too much negative news and focus more on positive influences. 10. Get inspired by inspirational podcasts. Wow, that's a good one, Steve. 11. Get inspired by just getting stuck in and making a start on what you're trying to do. 12. Be adaptable to potential changes. 13. Have a good family or good old friends around you to bring you down a peg or two if your feet aren't staying on the ground. 14. Get inspired by bagging a bargain. And finally, 15. Get inspired by Steve's Lola Motorhome. Luxury, outdoor, lifestyle, adventures. Thanks for joining us today. We do have some extra content which will be available in our group when that's launched shortly. Thanks a lot. Thanks for continuing to follow us on this growing journey of inspiration and inclusion. I really appreciate your company. Go leave us a review on iTunes if you feel some inspiration from today. And of course, I'd love you to share us. If you want to get in touch, our email address is in the show notes, together with links from today's episode. Watch out for next week's episode, where we'll be speaking to Keith Corbett, Master Healer, author of The Heart Manifesto, and founder of the Academy for Empowerment, a resource for awakening entrepreneurs. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.